0: Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. And Lord, once again, as we begin our prayer, we are in good company with Our Lady, Our Immaculate Mother, that Master of the Interior Life, that Great Model of all the Virtues, and our Powerful Intercessor in Heaven as Our Mother, St. Joseph, our Father and Lord, another great master of the interior life, and our guardian angel, help us to make this time of prayer fruitful. And we pray today about a beautiful reality, that we are not just a Christian, we are not just another Christ, we are Christ himself. Is that heresy? No. We are one with Christ. He is the head. We are the members of the same body. Just as every member of our body, be it an organ like the heart, the lungs, the liver, the kidneys, be it a fingernail, be it a hair, a lesser member of our body is still ourselves. And we are the members of Christ. He is the head. We are the members of his body. Let us remind ourselves of that truth, reading from St. Paul to the Colossians in the first chapter. He is the head of the body, the Church. Lord, you are the head of the Church. We are the Church. We were baptized into the Church. We were baptized into your mystical body. We were baptized into you we are one with you. And another image that you used, I am the vine, you are the branches. And let us read those words from the 15th chapter of St. John's Gospel. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing, Lord, you are the vine, we are the branches, you abide in us, we abide in you. What is that but to be Christ Himself? And then we bear much fruit fruit of holiness and fruit of helping others to find you and love you. And St. Paul has that deep sense that He is one with you. Writing to the Galatians in the second chapter. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. One with Christ. But let us notice how he prefaces that sentence. I have been crucified with Christ. I have suffered with Christ. I am one with him on the cross. Therefore, I live now, not I, but Christ lives in me. And Lord, help us to take up our cross too, to sacrifice ourselves, to deny ourselves that ego, that focus on ourselves, so that we can be more one with you. But we are one with you already in baptism. And this has great implications for our spiritual life and our whole apostolate. And we go to St. John Eudes, who writes In his treatise on the admirable heart of Jesus, I ask you to consider that our Lord Jesus Christ is your true head and that you are a member of his body. He belongs to you as the head belongs to the body. All that is his is yours, breath, heart, body, soul, and all his faculties. All of these you must use as if they belonged to you, so that in serving him you may give him praise, love, and glory. And let us pause there before we go on. He is saying, all that is Christ is yours, his breath, his heart, body, soul, all his faculties. We must use them, the faculties of Christ, as if they belonged to us. And St. John continues, you belong to him as a member belongs to the head. This is why he earnestly desires you to serve and glorify the Father by using all your faculties as if they were his. He belongs to you, but more than that, he longs to be in you, living and ruling in you as the head lives and rules in the body. He desires that whatever is in him may live and rule in you, his breath in your breath, his heart in your heart, all the faculties of his soul in the faculties of your soul, so that these words may be fulfilled in you. Glorify God and bear him in your body that the life of Jesus may be made manifest in you. A beautiful truth. Lord, we are one with you. We want to love with your heart, think with your mind, see with your eyes what implications this has for us. And we can say, Lord, help me to see with your eyes, to see others, To see reality as you see them and as you see it. And to see those that I find difficult. I dare say we all have people that we find difficult. Sometimes we live with them. They might be members of our family. We find them difficult. But Lord, to see them as you see them and you love them. Help us to see, not with our eyes of criticism, but to see with your eyes of love, that gaze of love with which you looked on the young rich man. To see every situation as you see it. And not to become discouraged, because sometimes there are situations that get us down. We don't see any solution. We don't see any hope. But you look at it in a different way, with eyes of eternity. And you know that you have a plan for me in this difficult situation. Help me to see it with your eyes, not with mine. And Lord, help me to hear with your ears. When others are talking, You would listen and help me to listen and to hear what you want me to hear from them, to hear with your ears, not mine, which tend to be closed at times to some of the things people say. We don't want to hear them, or we hear them in a very subjective, jaundiced way. Help us to hear others as you hear them with your ears. Help me to hear what you want me to hear, not what I want to hear, because we filter what we hear to be open to whatever anyone else is saying. And help me to love with your heart. And this is difficult, but when we love with your heart, we will find it so much easier. You love everyone, everyone, not just the nice people who treated you well. You loved your enemies, those who were putting you to death and mocking you as they did it. You loved them. You were dying for them. You want them to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And Lord, I may find it easy to love many people. Those who are nice, those who love me those who are there for me, but there are others that I find difficult. And then to love them with your heart, as you loved those whom you found difficult. Help me to love them to the end, to sacrifice, to be generous in serving them. And again, some of them may be difficult to pour ourselves out for, but you did that. You died on the cross. You loved us, sinners, to the end. Help me to love everyone, and especially those I find difficult, to the end, to give of myself to them. You loved everyone. Help me to love everyone. People of all religions, of all ethnic backgrounds, of all walks of life, those who are down and out, to those who are homeless, those who are begging on the street corners to love them. You love them. You love especially the poor, because you were poor. You were born in a stable. You had to flee as a refugee from Bethlehem to Egypt. They stripped your garments before they crucified you on the cross. You had nothing. And then they laid you in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. You had nothing at the beginning. You had nothing at the end. You were poor, and you love the poor. Help me to show compassion, as you did, to all, especially those who are suffering. And we will have them in our families, in our extended families, amongst our friends, people who are suffering. Help me, Lord, to love them with your heart, to love everyone. And Lord, help me to forgive those who have hurt me, as you did, from the cross when they were taunting you, mocking you, and crucifying you. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And how hard it can be at times for us to forgive. But Lord, help us to do that. Because you said too in the Our Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And unless we forgive them, neither will our Heavenly Father forgive us, what you went on to say after giving us the Our Father. How important it is to forgive. And we may have a hardened heart toward someone, but Lord help us with your heart to love them, to forgive them, to pray for them. You taught us too in the Sermon on the Mount to love our enemies, not just those who do good to us. The pagans will do that, but to love our enemies. And it's not that we necessarily have enemies. But there will be people that are distant from us that we find difficult to forgive them too, to love them with your heart, to forgive always. When they asked you, How often must I forgive my brother? Up to seven times. You said, I say, not seven, but seventy, seven times. Always. Always to forgive, always to love, and especially those whom we find. Difficult. And Lord, help me to think with your mind. Because we think with our puny mind. We think we understand people and realities, but you see things in a different way. You think with your mind from the perspective of eternity. We get bogged down in the here and now, bogged down in time, in this. Reality in this situation, which we might find very troubling. But you look at it from the perspective of eternity. You see meaning in that. You see our potential for growth in this difficult situation. Help us to rise above the immediate, especially difficult reality, and to think with your mind, to look on this situation in a different way way. To know that since I am part of your mystical body, you are with me in me always, never distant or aloof. You are with me in this suffering. You are sharing your cross with me. And what a great blessing that is. But to see that, because we don't tend to see it when we are suffering. Where is Jesus? Why does he abandon me? Why is he not here to help me out of this difficult situation and this suffering? But Lord, you were on the cross too, and you prayed to the Father with Psalm 21. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? In your humanity, you said that, and you knew, as God, the Father never abandoned you. The Father never abandons us. You never abandon us. You are sharing your cross with us and help me to see that, to think with your mind, to know that you are always there for us. You said it when you sent the apostles out to all nations. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You are with me always. You never abandon me help me to see you, to think with your mind, to know that you are always there. And Lord, help me to make you present to those around me. If I am Christ himself, if I am Jesus, because I am, you are the head, I am a member of your body, then I can make you present to those around me. To be Christ passing by, in their life, that in some way, my presence, my kindness, my concern may give them hope and joy and meaning, that they see someone different in me because I am Christ. But then let us bring you, Lord, into the lives of those around us. Help them in some way to see you in us, Yes, in spite of us too, so many shortcomings, but help them to see you in some way in me. And so many people will say to us over the years at least, I want what you have. They see our joy, our love, our kindness, because we are Christ in their life, and they will be drawn to that. Lord, help those others to see you somehow in May. And here we can come to some words of St. John Paul II in the Sydney Opera House in November of 1986. He said, and he is speaking personally to each one of us, You will often be silently confronted with the plea that people addressed to the Apostle Philip. We wish to see Jesus. There are countless people in Australia asking to see Jesus and to see him in you. They will be satisfied only if they can discover Jesus in you. What is more, they will judge Jesus by the image of him that you reflect in your lives. Perhaps they will accept him. Perhaps they will reject him but many will be influenced by the image of Jesus that you present. And Lord, help me, help everyone to present you to others, that they may see you, that they may be buoyed up, receive more joy, more hope in some way through us. Because they're going to judge you by us too, if they know that we are Catholics, They will judge you. They will judge the church by our behavior. We can't use bad language. We can't tell those filthy jokes. We can't be selfish. We can't be proud. We can't be lazy. And mind you, we tend to be that way. But Lord, help us to be more conformed to you. Help us to live our life better so that we reflect you more authentically to those around us. In other words, help us to be the saints that you want us to be so that we can reflect you better to others, that they can find you through us. How can we grow in this union with you? How can we grow in sanctity like this? a good number of ways. Read regularly the Gospels. They are about you, about what you did, about what you said. And as St. Maria would tell us, live those scenes, not just read them. He says, to read is to recall a past event. To live is to be in that scene as one more person. And when we do this, and especially we do this when we pray with the Gospels, we find ourselves there. We are looking at the scene. What do those other people look like? What does Jesus look like? Is he sitting, standing? Is the sun shining? Are there clouds? Can we hear the wind? Maybe insects or birds chirping? To put ourselves in the scene, and then to listen. And then we get to know you better. But to read the gospel every day, something of the New Testament every day, then we get to know you more. And when we know you more, we can love you better too. To read books of the life of Christ. There are so many, those classics, and those modern ones too the more we know about you, the more easily we can love you and reflect you. And then to take your life to our prayer. Pray about it. And here, St. Jose Maria in his book, The Forge, has a number of points that can be very helpful for us. In point 886, he says, you looked at me very seriously but at last you understood when I told you, I want to reproduce the life of Christ in the children of God by getting them to meditate on it, so that they may act like him and speak only of him. To act like you, to be Christ passing by in the lives of others. And of course, we have our failings. We do have our pride. We have our selfishness. But Lord, help us to struggle more, to be the saint you want us to be, so that we can reflect you more appropriately to others. And then, when we are about to act, to think, what would Christ do in my situation? And I recall when I was chaplain of RMIT University in Melbourne, a very fine Presbyterian chaplain had a t-shirt with the simple letters WWJD. And I asked him once in my ignorance, what did that stand for? And he told me the obvious, what would Jesus do? And that's how we should think What would Jesus do in my situation? How would he deal with this person that I am finding difficult? That person who is down and out. That other one who is suffering. What would Jesus do in this situation? And St. Gregory of Nyssa gives us some wise advice too. This father of the church from the 4th century says, All of us are artists. And our souls are blank canvases we have to fill in. The colors we must use are the Christian virtues. And our model is Jesus Christ, the perfect living image of God the Father. Just as a portrait painter who wants to do a good job places himself before his model and glances at him before making each stroke, So the Christian must always have the life and virtues of Jesus Christ before his eyes, so that he may never say, think or do the least thing which is not in harmony with his model. Like the portrait painter Lord, to look back at you constantly. What would you do in my situation? And then to act accordingly, that we may never say, think or do the least thing which is not in harmony with our model, who is you, constantly looking to you. And then to overcome the defects which mar your image in us. Those defects of pride, of selfishness, of laziness, of self-indulgence. All the defects, we have so many. We can't help it, but at least, Lord, help us to struggle for holiness, to be more like you. And again, St. Josemaria in The Forge, in point 155, you want to follow in Christ's footsteps to wear his livery, to identify yourself with Jesus. Well then, make your faith a living faith, full of sacrifice And deeds of service and get rid of everything that stands in the way. To live that life of sacrifice, that life of love as Lord, you lived it, but also to get rid of everything that stands in the way. And in point 468 of the forge, my son, where do men find in you the Christ they are looking for? In your pride? In your desire to impose yourself on others? In those little character defects which you don't wish to overcome? In your stubbornness? Is Christ to be found there? No, he is not. You need to have your own personality agreed. But you should try to make it conform exactly to Christ's. To be more Christ-like this is the ascetical struggle. This is the struggle for holiness. And a big help in this struggle is to think as Michelangelo did when he began to carve those beautiful statues out of that white Carrara marble. His idea was, I don't have to make the statue. The statue is already there. All I have to do is chip away what doesn't belong to the statue. And Lord, how appropriate that image is, because your image is there in us from baptism. We are baptized into your mystical body. We are other Christ by baptism, without any defects. But then as we grow older, we develop that pride and that selfishness and that laziness and that self-indulgence. And we have to chip that away to reveal the image of Christ that is always there. But it is hidden by those defects. The more we chip away by our ascetical struggle, trying to grow in the corresponding virtues of humility, of charity, of hard work, of honesty, and all the virtues, the more we will reflect you to others. It's a beautiful task, this work of our sanctification, which makes us more like Christ because when all is said and done, we are Christ. You are in us, we are in you, and to receive you often in Holy Communion because there this becomes a reality. And we read your words in the synagogue of Capernaum, in St. John's Gospel, in the sixth chapter. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Lord, when we receive you in communion, you live in us, we live in you. We are one with you. That helps us to be more Christ-like, to bring you into the world. And just as Our Lady brought you into the world, we bring you into the world too through our behavior, through our kindness, and help us, Lord, in those ways we have just considered to see with your eyes, to hear with your ears, to think with your mind, to love with your heart then we bring you into the lives of many. They discover you, and they will fall in love with you too. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask your assistance in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, Intercede for me.